0: Warning! This episode contains foul language and mentions of mutilation, incest, inbreeding, murder, religion, suicide, mental health, and shark attacks.
1: Are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, spooky, disturbing, dreadful, sneaky, hideous, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down together and we talk about something weird. Weird. And this week, we brought a new guest along, and we get to jump into one of our absolute favorite topics and yours, which is horror movies. We have discussed horror movies a lot on this show, of course, in many different forms, shapes, and sizes. We've discussed our favorite genres, cursed movie sets. We've taken a look at some movies that are based on a very specific, true, creepy story. Dug into the details of the actual situation, we have covered a lot. So today, as a little twisty twist on that, we are going to take some horror movie themes and plot lines that have stuck out to us and discuss how these happenings appear in the real world throughout history and today. It's a lot to unpack, but your weirdo hosts with the most are here to hold your hand through it all. My name is Lauren and this is my co-host Ashley. Hi weirdos! And joining us for the very first time, he is a lovely friend of mine who just so happens to be an award winning horror filmmaker and dark, spooky soul just like us. Couldn't have asked for anyone better for tonight's discussion. Please welcome Isaac Ruth.
2: Woo-hoo.
0: Hello. I am
3: just so excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Yay. Welcome. Oh my God. It's been Thank a you. long time coming on.
3: <laughs> I know. The first episode I heard of yours was the uh, Cursed Movie uh, episode, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is my jam. I need more <laughs> of this in my life.
1: I mean, I even remember the night that I met you, Isaac, and you immediately turning to me and saying, so Christine says that you're into horror movies <laughs> and really scary things, and we just, we knew we were going to be weirdo friends forever. Exactly. You're one of us.
3: <laughs> we, we have these lovely moments where like our significant others will stop listening to us, uh, oh, because yep. we're just yep, discussing yep. you know murder uh, and yep. they don't want to do that
0: that's so nice they just tune them us them to just tune you out because Joe will literally be like what the fuck are you talking about Stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it, like, Jesus. Okay. I'm actually, so Isaac, you know this. I'm in the middle of a move, and the other day I got into a cabinet above my fridge that I literally have never been in before, and I immediately thought of your short film, Honey. And then I got oh. really scared, and I closed the cabinet door, and I didn't go back. So honestly, if there's anything in there, it's staying in LA. Yep.
3: It's not coming with that, you. That That's the next person's problem, really. <laughs>
0: that's... <laughs> Whoever moves into <laughs> Morrison Street apartment next <laughs> you get to deal with whatever the fuck is up there because A creature that might be living no in there. No thanks. I immediately
1: thought of it. We'll discuss it more later, but yes, Isaac makes amazing horror short films that like they may only be 3 minutes long, but you will poop your pants oh, because yeah. they're so scary and just make you feel uneasy. They're so good. They are very good. I'm very
0: impressed.
3: I love that like really low key admission that you shit yourself
2: <laughs> and I appreciate that.
0: <laughs>
1: you know Well, it you happens, know, here's but... the thing.
0: Here's the thing. We live in LA, right? And and I can't tell you how many times someone's come to me and been like, Oh, my friend, he's a director, you have to watch their short and I've been like, Thanks, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: exactly yeah i'll
0: watch their short wink wink like i'm not watching that shit i don't even know this person but i did <laughs> lauren sent me honey and i watched it i jumped out of my fucking skin i'm not even gonna say what happened you yeah. guys already know what happened in exactly where i jumped i know and uh i immediately sent it to like three different people that i knew were into <laughs> horror movies so congratulations Aww. on not being a disappointment <laughs>
3: That warms my cold, dead heart.
0: And
1: yeah, I mean, even sending it to Ashley, like because we are all so destroyed by L.A. and have those experiences of watching people's (laughs) horrible Mm -hmm. shorts. I think, Ashley, when I sent it to you, I was even like, listen, Listen I know what you're going to say. I was like, I know what you're thinking when I'm sending you this video, but like, watch
0: it. You're going to love it. (laughs) Before we get into it, where, I know we'll mention it at the end, but where can people check out your stuff?
3: Uh, You can find me on YouTube under Isaac Ruth, or you can check out my website, IsaacJRuth.com.
0: And Ruth is R-U-T-H, right?
3: You're goddamn right.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Keeps it easy.
1: We love it. Mm-hmm. And also, fun fact, like we kind of just like brushed over like, oh, you and Christine. But for anyone who has been listening to the show for a very long time, maybe since the beginning, Isaac's fiance is Christine Renaud, who is a past guest on the show, <laughs> either season one or two. It was season she came one,
0: on and it was the season coming one early, early. anti-Christine
1: coming of the anti christine we talked about cursed horror movie sets uh, i actually love that you are coming on and also talking about horror movies that's
0: so did cute did not make that connection until right now that's adorable that's actually the that adorable
1: <laughs> even though christine doesn't even love horror movies so she was she, a great she, sport <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: it's not that she doesn't love them she doesn't like like she actively avoids them uh, <laughs> and yet she stars in so many things that i make and she's got like really i mean she's a good actor so naturally she has excellent instincts when it comes to these things and she'll be like yeah yeah okay i'll do that okay great and then just nails it and we'll watch it a million and a half times but the only reason is because you know we made it uh right anyway it boggles the mind it's
0: kind of like immersion therapy too where it's like i was there that's why i can watch this and it's not scary
3: that makes sense yeah It's like the opposite of the ocean for me, but we'll get into that later.
1: (laughs) We'll talk about that later. Oh, I love it that she has never been a horror movie fan, actively avoids them, as you said, but she was a good sport, came and chatted about it on her podcast, and little Mm -hmm. did she know she would end up being somebody's muse and the star of all of your horror movies. I know. She is so good. You guys are a good team. Well, thank you.
3: I hope she can hear me through the wall.
1: (laughs) Christine, I'm complimenting you.
3: (laughs) Notice me.
0: Notice me. <laughs> All right, should we jump in? We fucking better. So uh <laughs> It's gonna be a long episode, guys. Strap in, it's gonna be full of really cool stuff though. Yes. I'm obviously not over Halloween yet, and the movie I chose is 2015's The Witch. Yes, ma'am. It was directed by Robert Eggers and was the breakout role for now mega famous actress Anya Taylor Joy, which is very cool. Yes, mm-hmm. that was like her. Yeah, it was her first thing. It right? was her, her first, first speaking role, I think. Gotcha. Uh, right. And she was great. And I love her. the premise of the movie, according to IMDb, is very simple: a family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Although. Much like the history of witchcraft and witch hunts, it's far more complicated than that. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. family led by their patriarch, William, who tries to lead a devout Christian life. And they are so devout and unyielding, in fact, that they end up getting banished from the Puritan plantation controlled by the church. And they have to go live on their own on the outskirts um, next to a pretty spooky forest. And once they're there, their infant son goes missing, their crops begin to fail, their livestock become ill, and the family is convinced that dark forces are at hand naturally. And they turn their rage towards their teenage daughter, Thomason, played by Anya. And uh, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. So I'll stop there. But it's wild and you should watch it.
1: It is great. But I I have I do have to have an admission. I didn't love it the first time I saw it only because I went in with the wrong expectations Mm -hmm. for the movie. Mm -hmm. But I have gone back and watched it several times since and have come to really love it and appreciate it and have picked up on so many little things that I missed the first time. And I love, love, love it now. But I just want to say I can't claim to be a fangirl from the beginning. I struggled at first.
0: It's hard to watch. And I'll actually – I'll get into kind of why it is, you know, a little difficult to watch as a film because it is very much so – my favorite genre of horror, which is a drama that happens to have horrific things happening within it.
1: Like Midsummer?
0: Like Midsummer, mm-hmm. like uh, the Babadook, like The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's mm-hmm. the actual story itself, you know, especially The Exorcist. I've talked about this so many times on the show. Cause so many people who have not seen the movie or saw it when they were a kid and then never watched it again. They're like, oh, it's about a possessed girl. And I'm like, no, it's about a priest who loses his faith. <laughs> 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 and he's struggling to get <laughs> back. Story the the <laughs> priest. <laughs> <laughs> and he happens to go and help mm-hmm. a child. Anyway, so. The premise of the film is based on America's first witch hysteria straight out of colonial Massachusetts, the infamous Salem Witch Trials, which actually would have taken place about 62 years before the events of this movie. Mm -hmm. And now (laughs) this is fun. This is where I'm going to kind of get into like facts about the movie that you may not know. So the movie spelled the witch two v's instead of a w and that's not just because it looks cool. It's actually how the word would have been written at the time of the f- film's events because w wasn't commonly used yet. Hmm. It what? It was a, it was a letter that. but it wasn't used uh, by everyone hmm. yet. And oh. there's actually a ton of really cool little bits are in this movie that are accurate to the time in which the movie depicts for example during colonial witch hunts in america it was widely believed that a witch could not say the entire lord's prayer which is why the family is so upset with mercy and jonas when they are unable to finish the prayer in the film Mm. of course usually the quote-unquote witches. For example, the witches in Salem could not finish the prayer because they were being tortured at the time of saying it,
3: <laughs> so sure yeah, come on that's <laughs> <cheating>. I know. <laughs>
0: It's sort of cheating, but also we're in charge here. It's all right? The characters in the film frequently accuse each other of signing the book. And in Puritan theology, a person recorded a covenant or a pact with the devil by signing or making their mark in the devil's book, either with a pen and ink or more commonly with blood, which may sound familiar to you or anyone who's watched the Netflix series The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I'm pretty sure that was a plot point mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. first episode. I can't remember that far back. I remember nothing before the pandemic. Pandemic happened. Memory's gone.
3: Right. And then at what point does the devil ask you if you would like the taste of butter or something along those
0: lines? (laughs) That's actually another one I wanted to talk about. There's an infamous uh, line, wouldst thou like to live deliciously, Um, which is delivered by a character. I won't say who. (laughs) That character also asks, wouldst thou like the taste of butter? Which today is like, I mean, yeah, but But what? But. (laughs)
3: Like (laughs) salted or like, what are we talking about?
0: Yeah, like is it honey butter? Like Mm -hmm. what's happening? What's going on? In the 15th and 16th century, however, the Catholic Church declared eating butter was a bigger sin than lying, blasphemy, or impurity. Classic Catholic Church. Okay, well.
3: But so (laughs) out of curiosity, just just. Devil's advocate here. Why?
0: <laughs> it was an indulgence, and I'll get into the Catholics' indulgences oh, okay. oh. as well. Relax, just Catholics. way too good, way too delicious.
3: Just eat mud, you heathens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: eat, eat sticks and twigs yeah. seriously Fine. though it was actually my dude Martin Luther i went to lutheran school he's not actually my dude because i don't believe in god but martin <laughs> luther who rallied against <laughs> he was the one that rallied against this the whole like you can't eat butter shit uh especially since this was only ever really enforced on poor people interesting well, of course. Yeah. So some people may find the movie a little hard to watch or follow because of the dialogue. It's not just that the dialects in this film were spot on, but also most of the dialogue and the script came directly from sources like folktales, fairy tales, journal entries, diaries, and even court records that were historically accurate from that period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's actually sometimes difficult to understand. What yeah, the characters are trying to say to each other because it's almost like another language. Mm-hmm. We don't speak sure. it anymore.
3: And it's very poetic from what I remember, and especially Super I mean, poetic, like, oh, yeah. Like everyone does such a good job, but specifically uh, Ralph Enison who plays the father. Oh my god. I mean that that guy can, yeah. Yeah. you know, read an IKEA catalog and that's I, true. and I'm I, here for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I will fall asleep very happily. Mm-hmm. He is extraordinary. I do have to call out, though, whenever I think about this movie, I think about the actor who plays Caleb, the brother of Anya Um, Mm -hmm. Taylor-Joy. The actor's name is Harvey Scrimshaw. There is a scene where he gives this monologue that is so strange and so (laughs) beyond what a child of that age should be able to do. And I wonder all the time, how in the world did Robert Eggers direct him to do this?
0: For sure. Oh, I, I don't know how anyone cast fucking anything. Like I can't imagine casting something <laughs> truly. <Me> either <laughs> I
1: would feel miserably <laughs> but at that. Job. Children
0: especially and horror movies do have this problem a lot because there are a lot of movies that feature children. Mm-hmm. All the movies I named earlier when I was talking about dramas, it was like The Exorcist, The Babadook. It's Mm -hmm. like they're all dramas Mm -hmm. featuring children. And that has to be so difficult Mm -hmm. for them to choose the right child and direct that child. I I don't know how they do it, to be honest.
1: Yeah. How do you find that kid that has that patience and that ability to actually – take your direction and go with it i i I think i've just been around kids so much lately taking wilder to preschool and i'm like oh kids are idiots they can't do this (laughs) how do you
3: tell them to do anything (laughs) put on your socks
1: just do it i know can you pull up your pants please so i just i'm in awe when a kid is actually a brilliant actor and like that you'll hear stories later of the director saying oh yeah they actually were pretty easy to work Mm -hmm. with and you're like what how? it's amazing! To I'll me. tell you
0: what the kids were easy to work with in this, but I did read it's not in my notes, but I read that the goat Black Philip was very uh-huh. difficult to work with.
3: Asshole goat. Oh, goat.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. just a nice Come on, little <laughs> Philip. That is no Yeah, Apparently, he was a real pain in the
3: I love that in like movie surprising. movie rules. There's this like running joke to like not cast children or animals, and Robert Eggers oh, for he? like uh, I and I can't remember if this was his. first- first feature but it was certainly his his biggest at the time this
0: was his debut Yeah, that's
3: insane to be like i'm going to not only cast children and animals but uh a really mean looking and acting goat is going to be one of the animals (laughs) and then my kids are going to have to like rattle off this poetic shakespearean nonsense
0: right oh he really went
1: for
3: it
0: yeah that's ballsy Not only, I mean, not just like a goat, they had to train, they had trained goats, they had trained crows, and they had trained rabbits, they had trained hares as well. So, the crow, we won't talk about the crow, but anyone who's listening, (laughs) audible gasp in the
3: theater, I remember that so audible
0: gasp. So, When it comes to the conclusion of the film, and here's where I suggest you fast forward just a couple minutes if you don't want a major spoiler, it does seem as though the parents were right the whole time. Thomas was, in fact, being seduced by the devil into witchcraft. But there are a few hints in the movie to tell another story. For example, in one shot... Corn can be seen with signs of ergot, which is a hallucinogenic fungus Holy that many people attribute shit. to real life stories of possession and witchcraft and mass oh, hysteria.
3: That's amazing. It causes
0: hallucinations, illness, convulsions, and death, all of which we see in the film. There is- a, Wowza.
3: Y- it's so funny you said that. You just reminded me in The Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal Lecter is doing his speech about um, eating the census taker's liver with some fava beans and a glass of Chianti. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there is some fun little detail about, and I can't remember if it's the fava beans or it's the Chianti for the antipsychotic that he was supposed to be on. You can't have that food, so without saying it, it suggests that he was off his meds. Oh my gosh!
1: That's so brilliant. At. I love finding out these nuggets. That's so smart. That's so good. Yeah,
0: because even this uh, even Robert Eggers in interviews, like people have asked about specific things in the movie that have sort of hinted to the fact that none of this was actually happening and mm. that they were they were hallucinating and he just sort of gave a wink, basically. And was like, oh you know, it way. is what you take from mm. it.
1: Oh yeah, it's what you want it to be. So
3: he's now since done the lighthouse, and I got a chance yes. to back when the arc light still existed. Rest in peace, arc light.
0: R.I.P. I, oh, I so got to
3: see uh, him presented with Willem Dafoe, and uh, there was a Q and A afterward. Robert Eggers was talking about what is like the most difficult thing in terms of the way that he directs, and he was saying that control is extremely difficult for him to let go of because every single thing that you see on screen or that you hear is something that he has decided and built from the ground up. So I love the idea that this corn that's in there under no circumstances is that an accident and whether it's supposed to be there just to make us think about it. I love that. Mm
0: -hmm. And the fact that it's never alluded to in the movie, like I would have never got that. I don't know what that, what Irgit looks like. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've never seen it. You know, and like I did rewatch and I was like, oh, shit, it's fucking there. But like I would have (laughs) never noticed it. It's something that you just have to like figure out later because someone told you or you have to Mm -hmm. know what Urgot looks like, which like who Um, makes it it that much cooler that
1: he's like he's wanting people to go out and kind of research (laughs) and slowly find out through the grapevine.
0: It makes it so fun.
3: You didn't know about 16th century diseases and corn. Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I am from Illinois. It is kind of unacceptable that I don't know what corn diseases look like. Call, that I can and family. I apologize. You, you and I, <laughs> that's
1: our, you and I that's should both one be export. corn professionals. It's <laughs> <laughs> our one thing.
0: This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I just want to throw it in because we are talking about horror movies. Another reason I love this movie is there's also a lot of correlations between Thomason and Carrie White uh, from the movie Carrie. The fact that it's a young girl coming into womanhood and dealing with all the emotional and physical ailments that come along with it, all the while being Mm -hmm. demonized Mm. by her parents for being unclean and unholy for things that are totally out of her control. Mm -hmm. So the reason I chose The Witch is my horror movies to discuss the hundreds of thousands of innocent people put to death for witchcraft, particularly in the 15 and 1600s in Europe and, of course, New England in our country. If you were to ask people what they knew about the witch hunts in Europe or the Salem witch trials in Massachusetts, they would tell you that people accused of being witches were executed, and they would tell you that they were mostly women, which is true, and they would also tell you that they were usually healers or women who made ointments and used homeopathic medicines to cure ailments, etc. but that's not even accurate at all.
1: Tell us more. Tell us the truth.
0: Were those types of women super easy targets? Absolutely. But that actually had little to nothing to do with the witch hunts. So we're going to start in Europe. As we all know, thanks to today's politics, the easiest way to manipulate masses of people is fear. Similar to how contemporary Republican and Democrat candidates focus their campaign activity around some pretty scary concepts, especially on or around elections. It's always like the hot hot takes, hot buttons. Um, The Catholic and the Protestant officials did that exact same thing with witch trial activity to get supporters from undecided Christians in the 15th and 16th century. Basically, Protestantism was the first actual contender and threat to the Catholic Church, and they both knew full well that when it came to winning people to their side, there was no better method than stoking fears about an outside threat and then assuring them that you and you alone offer the best protection from it, and thus the witch executions exploded. Hmm. Wow. And according to a historical consensus, between the years 1400 and 1782, there were between 40,000 and 60,000 people put to death for witchcraft. What? Wow. And that's just the people that were put to death, not the people that were killed by like mob violence or something wow. like that. That's a lot, yeah. though.
3: It's
1: a that's, lot that of that fucking such people. a big number.
3: I feel like whenever I hear about, obviously there's like the Salem witch trials and things like that, but like whenever yes. anybody talks about... Which deaths there's always this downplay to it that i catch where like there's there's some there there's some mention of like well like not it, it actually wasn't that bad but yeah that's a big it number
1: <laughs> it was horrific clearly you know, i mean that's
0: this insane. was bet- like i said between 1400 and 1782 so that's a pretty you know big gap but that's still a whole hell of a lot of literally wow. innocent people i mean pr- they yeah, probably all weren't innocent but nothing. um almost all of them was and Germany was actually the bloodiest battleground in the Catholic-Protestant contest, and we've got Martin Luther to thank for that. Oh. The Catholic Church had a total monopoly on religion, and so they were kind of able to do whatever they wanted in order to stay in power. All they had to do was label anyone who went against them as a heretic, and then they'd either force their conversion, or they'd simply kill them. Easy peasy. In the name of God, of course. As you do. <laughs> Always. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we had so many inquisitions and crusades. But when the German monk Martin Luther came and nailed his 95 theses to the door of the local Catholic church in 1517, he started a revolution. And for anyone who isn't familiar, Martin Luther basically argued that the Bible was the authority when it came to religion and not church officials. He basically was like, hey, why does the pope have so much money? But then he took money from the poor to build, you know, the Basilica of St. Peter instead of using his own money, of which he has so much of. Mm -hmm. Sort of like today when people are questioning guys like Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland on why they have private jets and multiple mansions. Mm. Which
3: is the one that looks like a straight up demon?
0: Oh, that is (laughs) Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland, right. (laughs) He looks like a demon put on the skin of a human. Like, it's not even... Oh, my God. That is so accurate. He looks
3: designed.
0: (laughs) He he can't be real.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's almost as if they don't believe in heaven at all. So, anyways. (laughs) Oh, my golly gosh. Another thing he questioned was the the Catholic indulgence system, which is what we were talking about earlier with, like, the butter and all that shit. Mm. So... You know how today Catholics go to confession; they confess all their sins to the priest, and he absolves them in the name of God. Sure. Well, that's not in the Bible. Um, Christ literally says that salvation is reached by faith and divine grace only. So, how all of a sudden do these priests have a say in who is forgiven and who isn't? Like, how do they? How do they have this power to speak for God?
1: Say it louder for the people in the back because I was forced to go to confession all of my Catholic (laughs) upbringing and it
0: sucked. (laughs) Well, the the reason the Catholic Church participated in indulgences and then confession and things like that, it might have started out innocent, but it became incredibly corrupt around this time because you could actually purchase an indulgence and the Catholic Church was literally selling sin, (laughs) which is like the best so basically like if you were caught eating butter, for example, even though holy shit, that's worse than losing your virginity and lying to your parents, if you could afford to pay the church, it's no biggie. You're, you're forgiven. Uh. Like God God forgives you.
3: What if you made your own butter?
0: No, absolutely <laughs> not. Really? So like Ooh, you go you go out like of the your ultimate way. Ultimate sin.
3: Like you have a cow or goat, I don't know, And you're like I don't know. And you stir
0: that shit for a thousand years or however long you make butter. (laughs) Is someone going to come
3: in and be like, you're not going to eat that, are you? Can you sell it? pretty
0: much. No. Well,
1: shit. No butter. So you just have to throw it over your shoulder and it's gone? You just don't make it.
0: You know, if you could pay the church, they would be like, it's fine. Everyone does it. And if you couldn't, you'd be punished for your crime against God by eating that delicious croissant or whatever the fuck you made with your butter.
3: Isn't that just how law (sighs) works now?
0: It is kind of how law works now, actually. If you can pay someone off, you're all set. That's just how the world works. But that's why Martin Luther was like, "Hey y'all, what?" And
1: that's how he said it.
0: Changed. Yeah, he 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 nailed that thing to the door and was like, "What's going on?"
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, y'all, how you doing?
0: (laughs) So yeah, Martin Luther asked, "Hey y'all, what's going on?" And changed the world. And obviously, the Catholic Church immediately were like, sinner, and a war broke out across the Holy Roman Empire, but because... Of his home team advantage in Germany, Protestantism actually stood a chance, which is why it still exists today. But it also (laughs) made Germany the bloodiest battleground, boasting over 104 religious battles, which was a quarter of the European total, which covered over 21 countries. So Germany was like ground fucking zero for slaughtering people. So. Back to the witches. Invasion usually wasn't the most effective way to win converts. You had to boost the appeal of your brand. Protestants, for example... They offered lower prices for tithings, which gave them a large portion of the poor population. And it gave them all those people that were like that agreed with Martin Luther. They were like, hey, yeah, you're right. Why are they so fucking rich? Like they should be Mm -hmm. servants of God. So that's who they had. Catholics actually started reaffirming saints again. So that encouraged a lot of grassroots engagement because different communities would want to canonize their candidates like they wanted different people from their communities to become saints Hmm. but the hottest ticket on the book during these horrific times of really shitty weather and constant warfare was protection against satan and his minions namely witches wow Mm -hmm. but you have to kind of understand the time because at that time everyone used the services of actual local witches Love potions, spells, tinctures, abortions, birth control, rashes, protection. Honestly, like up until around this time, the Catholic Church wasn't even bothered by and definitely wasn't worried about witches and witchcraft. But once Lutheranism started gaining ground, they were ready to set women on fire. And Protestants Hmm. are not off the hook. Like, it was Martin Luther himself who authorized the execution of four accused witches and preached the necessity to wipe out the race of witches. And the Catholic Church just went along with it for the competition. Wow. Well, I was
1: liking Martin
3: Luther. Yeah, for like a second there, I was like, okay.
0: hmm." (laughs) I know. He's He's all right. No, they, (laughs) they both did wrong here. In order for this to work, of course, though, they had to make witches and witchcraft much scarier than essential oils and homemade candles. And this is where we get a lot of the super fucked up legends and lore of European witches. Because at that time, in general, Europeans believed in magic. It went alongside religion. There wasn't anything evil about it at all. Even in the places where witches were described as being physically kind of scary, they weren't demonized. They were just like another – it was like there's the preacher, there's the, you know, the bread baker, there's the local witch, there's – you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they were just like a part of the community. Just a character in
1: Beauty and the Beast (laughs) hanging out.
0: There goes the witch with her oils like always.
2: (laughs) Stop singing. Exactly.
0: And there was no, like, agreement across all of Europe on who witches were exactly and, like, what they did, which also made it easier to make shit up. And most people didn't even have a name for witches. Like, it was not part of their nomenclature. But then, weirdly, all of the sudden, accused witches began exhibiting similar activities they murdered children and rode wooden implements smeared with a flight-enabling ointment made of the fat of a murdered baby. They mm-hmm. traveled at night to secret covens where they communed with the devil himself. Both of these things probably reminded you of some events that take place in The Witch, the film. Mm-hmm.
3: A couple of
1: them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Literally
0: all of this, all of it, came from traveling friars who had been dispatched to spread the lies, essentially. they They literally just sent dudes out in the world, town to town, to spread the word on these evil men and women who took babies right from your homes and murdered them for the devil. They would hand out handbooks and guides written by Catholic inquisitors that spelled out how to identify and execute a witch. And those books would contain spells, including that horrific baby fat one, and literally, not a lick of it was real. It was all made up.
3: Wow. Jeez. So they're just taking, like, the mean girls route of spreading. Literally. Yeah. They were
0: just the like, this is what these people are doing. It's insane. And it's not hard to yeah. see why people all of a sudden hated witches and were totally fine with them being murdered in mass. Like, how could they do right. something this horrible?
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're thinking they are like actually pure evil. So yeah. anyone in the right mind would be
0: like, yes, kill them. Please. But again, who were the witches? Like what? Like how do we identify them? So I want to run past a quick list of things that could qualify you as being a witch in the 1600s. Yes. You are a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm good so far. Strike one. Far. You are poor. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like, yeah. It's no surprise that the homeless and poor community were accused and executed They're very easy targets. But also, if you were rich or financially independent and a woman oh, wait. who didn't need additional support, you probably used witchcraft to get there. Hold up. Yeah. No. Women can't, <laughs> can't have their just... own money.
1: Okay. Say that. Isaac, women can't do things. What are you talking about?
3: If she weighs the same as a duck, Yeah, if she weighs
0: the same as a duck, she's a witch. Of the women that we have enough information about between 1620 and 1725, women without brothers or sons to share their inheritance comprised 89% of the women executed for witchcraft in New England.
1: Oh my god it's just disappointing because then I don't like it
0: they would take their money another sign is that you are a female with one or more female friends cuz that's a coven all right
3: mm-hmm. you can't have friends
0: not if you're a lady and your friends not are ladies if you're a woman. but also if you're a lady and your friends are males you're probably a witch too because women who fuck are witches <laughs> isn't also swimming a thing if you were tied to stones and you floated you were a witch, but uh, the problem is wait. you sank and drowned, and then they were like, oh, I guess <laughs> ah, she wasn't shit. a witch.
1: Right. We were wrong about that. Oh, and well. Then uh,
0: another thing that showed that you were absolutely a witch is that you were very old. No one lives that long. <laughs> so,
2: Uh-oh.
0: a few people killed in Salem, for example, were elderly. The only man who was pressed to death, Giles Corey, was 71 years old when he was killed. A lot of people don't know that. How dare
3: he? Was he killed because of the whole, like, you're 71 and you shouldn't be thing? Or was other stuff going on with him?
0: Uh, I'll tell you about the Salem stuff in a second. About, like, what was happening there. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, if you were a healer of any kind, you were a witch. If you were unable to conceive a child, you were a witch. If your neighbors what, what, were having up, trouble conceiving, so you can't you could fuck, be a witch. But you
1: also can't be inferred. Yeah. Say, yeah How yeah. do you know? If you
0: had trouble conceiving, you could be a witch. <sighs> I just If you have a mole or a birthmark, if milk has spoiled in your fridge, if you have sex out of wedlock, but this, of course, only pertains to women, obviously. Um, if you break any rule in the Bible, including no kindling fire, trading or traveling on the Sabbath day, no lying, no long hair, no missing church. And don't you dare eat that fucking butter. <laughs> <laughs> what
3: if, what if, what if, okay, hear me out. If you have milk, you're gonna
0: mix and match
3: if you have milk that has curdled in the fridge <laughs> yeah. because presumably oh. they have refrigerators in the sixteen hundreds right if you make butter out of that and no one's gonna eat it like we're like we're yeah. we're bad butter, how are we doing on the whole witchcraft thing? Are we still
0: you're a witch i'm Shit. I'm gonna say, are you breathing? you're a witch All right. so- they were making it up as they
3: went along, right.
0: Truly. Yeah, totally. Uh Like, oh, your your
1: milk just turned into butter.
3: (laughs) They're just listing off things their ex-girlfriends did. Like, oh, yeah, and if she's a bitch, she's a witch.
0: Honestly, yes, (laughs) that's what happened. Very little of this max execution had to do with actual witchcraft. And when it came to the United States in the Salem witch trials, it was just more of the same. And I'll tell you very briefly what happened there basically in 1689 english rulers started a war with france in the american colonies and it ravaged regions of upstate new york nova scotia and quebec which sent a ton of refugees to salem village in the massachusetts bay colony now all of these refugees all of these displaced people created a strain on salem's resources and this aggravated an already existing rivalry between the wealthiest families in salem who basically had control and influence over Salem's port and those people who still lived off the land and depended on agriculture. So the Puritan villagers blamed all the quarreling on the work of the devil, as you do. And there was also the presence of a super shady reverend named Samuel Paris, who was Salem's first ordained minister and also a super greedy dude. He had moved to Salem after he failed being a sugar merchant in Barbados. He brought his two slaves, Tituba and John Indian. He married a woman named Elizabeth and had three kids. He once again failed at being a merchant in the Salem port, so he decided to train to become a minister. But it was bad timing because of all the conflicts and feuds going on in Salem at the time. It meant that the ministers were being dragged into the middle of all of it because at the time ministers were like more important than the mayor. You know what I mean? Like Mm, everyone went to them. Like if, if there was any problem, God could fix it. But. Because the ministers were being dragged in the middle of it, parishioners would often refuse to pay the minister's salary or refuse to provide firewood for the parsonage or refuse to pay for renovations on the church. So how do you ensure that the parishioners focus their energy and therefore their money on the church?
3: Well, the answer is not butter.
0: No. Nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not
1: sure ain't butter. butter.
0: It's Witches, finding witches. So this guy went on a uh, fucking diatribe in 1962. He went on and on and on about witches and the devil and how these wars were the devil's work and the devil's minions were witches. And then what do you know? In January of 19 or 1693, sorry, his daughter Betty Paris and his niece Abigail Williams started acting weird, having fits which also could have been seizures or also could have been totally made up by him, which is what I believe. I honestly doubt the little girls had anything to do with it at all. And uh, they started naming women in the town as witches. And of all the people who died in Salem who were part of the witch trials, Tituba, his very own slave, was the only victim who ever confessed to being a witch and she did so after about a week and a half of torture mm. by the way yeah she
1: was like just can we just end right this? yeah
0: all Checks three out. of the initial women who were accused were interrogated for several days which means they withstood several days of torture and still said they were not witches and they were still hung Wow, tituba was hung as well she actually had, and this is something that um, Eggers took for the witch, she actually mentioned a black man who wanted her to sign a book, and she admitted to signing the book, and then also claimed there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans again after about nine days of torture. Literally none of this is true. Sarah Good was another of the initial women who were accused and executed. Her four-year-old daughter was questioned. And she gave very timid answers, and that was taken as a full-on confession of Sarah's crimes. It also implicated her. So this four-year-old child was in prison for nine months, um, and the experience uh, left her permanently insane. Of course yeah. it did. She was four. Those are such important developmental years. What
1: the hell are you doing? I hate she was people. in prison.
0: Local minister Cotton Mather, Mather, sorry, wrote a letter imploring the court not to allow spectral evidence into the testimonies. Basically, people having dreams or vision that make them believe these people are witches. And the courts ignored this request. And five people were hanged in July, five more in August, and eight in September and it's no surprise that the people being accused of witchcraft and chosen for hanging happened to be the enemies or very mm-hmm. unliked by the people accusing them and it didn't come to a close until the governor himself had his wife questioned for witchcraft and then he prohibited f- further arrests
3: oh funny
1: always it's like as soon as it turns out we're all done
3: with the witches ladies and gentlemen well as soon
0: as it started leaking into the people who were in charge they were like wait 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 this has gotten out of hand
1: (laughs) yeah this was just supposed to be for like the poor low lives right? that's not for us
0: so um in the end 19 people had been hanged one had been pressed to death and five others died in custody during the salem witch trials which is small potatoes considering what had happened in the witch hunts of europe and it's kind of ironic, actually, that Salem became the witch capital of the world, considering the fact that there were zero witches there. And wow. yeah. part of it is that people don't know the real story. They hear Salem witch trials, and they believe witches were actually burned at the stake, which, FYI, this is another thing, not a single person was burned at the stake during the Salem witch trials. I feel like there's a lot of imagery that has yeah, witches so burning. Um, where in no the world burned. did that come from? Right. I think just because in Europe... Like, witches were burned at the stake. I don't know why
1: oh. it's... So everyone's just lumping Salem in with that? Well, maybe mm-hmm. it's just
0: that the imagery of a witch burning is more fascinating than someone being hanged to death, because that's how they sure. were killed. They were just like I can imagine hanged. that the Americans,
3: right. once they found out after all this was, was done, they were like, wait, you fucking burned them? Jesus yeah. Christ. That's... Guys, come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: just... Slow asphyxiation <laughs> Guys, for Jesus us. Christ.
3: we're not monsters here
0: we're not monsters yeah we like you to die slowly and Mm -hmm. unceremoniously Mm -hmm. but um so partly maybe it's that people don't know but i think it's more of a privilege type thing i think it's more of a huge fuck you to the patriarchy basically like for actual witches to now take over salem and for it to become like the shangri-la for witchcraft is a way of saying like you have no power over us we can Mm. dress and behave however we please, and I can eat all the butter I want.
3: And spoiled yeah. milk.
1: yeah. <laughs> and I will <laughs> let my milk go back.
3: Can, can, I, can uh, I blow your minds for a second?
1: Obviously. Please do. For
3: a moment there, we brought up Mean Girls and ah. The Burn Book. So mm-hmm. the actor who plays the witch... There are technically two actors, but, but we'll refer to her as the as the old actor. Okay. Her name is Bathsheba Garnet. which what? A, of course it is. Of course. Yeah. B.
1: I would expect nothing else but Bathsheba.
3: <laughs> she was 91 at the time of filming. B, and most importantly, she plays the German teacher from Mean Girls. No. Yes, way. Shut.
0: So there is damn a connection between don't the witch talk to me that way. and Mean Girls.
1: <laughs> I love her so much too because she has like one great one-liner where <laughs> yes. Lindsay Lohan is asking to use the restroom and she just like screams German in her face. But then she's also in
0: the Glen Coco scene, which is fabulous. Love that. You and I just love have it. either a very good memory or you have seen Mean Girls. Um, I have a
1: shit memory. I've seen New Girls too many (laughs) times to count. I just know it so well. Oh, I love that. Fun fact. That is fun. I love it. This episode is brought to you by Liquid Death. Liquid Death. None of us are staying as hydrated as we could be, right? You know you're supposed to drink 64 ounces of water a day, but how often do we actually do it? Never is the answer. Never. Never, ever. We've got the cure to dehydration, and it is called Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Liquid Death encourages you to drink water more often by making you look like a total boss babe every time you have one in hand. True. Liquid Death looks like a refreshing tall boy of beer. But guess what? It's just fresh mountain water straight from the Alps. I dare someone to come up to me during my son's ballet class and try and tell me it's inappropriate to drink beer in front of a bunch of three-year-olds. Guess what, Karen? It's water. It's water, Karen. Mind your own business. Get out of here, Karen. This delicious beverage isn't called liquid death just to be badass. It kills your thirst. Kills it. Brings death to plastic bottles. And in fact, 10% of every single purchase goes towards killing plastic pollution and saving our lives planet. Love it. We are obsessed. Head to liquiddeath.com/keepitweird to get free shipping on your purchase of water or merch. You can find Liquid Death at Whole Foods and 7-Eleven, but if you want to sell your soul like sell we do. Head to liquiddeath.com slash keep it weird and join their country club. If you order two or more cases of this delicious cold water, you'll get a free t-shirt along with it. So head to liquiddeath.com slash keepitweird to become the boss bitch you were always meant to be.
0: Um, that is all I had today. And I say that is all as if I didn't read six pages of <laughs> those notes.
3: are those are horrible. I know, facts. I'm like I love them. <laughs> we're
0: already like basically an hour into this episode. So let's let's move on. Isaac, why don't you take it away? I don't even know exactly what you're covering, mm-hmm. and I'm excited.
3: I am talking about the deep.
0: Yes. Why?
3: What what are our feelings of the ocean? Things in the ocean. Hate it. Okay. We have
1: one. Hate it.
0: Hate it. Very scary. Don't trust it. <laughs> See,
1: she even sounds too calm the way she's saying it. I have like such a deep fear of the ocean. I can't even look at. We talked about this on an episode recently. Mm. I can't even look at photos for very long of things that have sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Sank, it. have sank, have sank, have sank to the bottom of the ocean. I
0: love, I love whales. I love sharks. I love octopus. I think that they're amazing and and so intelligent incredible creatures and emotionally intelligent creatures i think they're beautiful do i want to be near them no Yes,
3: uh, f- agreed. J- just to let you know, um, the fear of sunken objects is submechanophobia.
0: Yeah, it's what we talked about
1: on the episode. Yeah, I
0: tried <laughs> to. I didn't know the name for it, but I I brought that up on our Louisiana episode. I was like, "There's something that there's an actual like phobia of things underwater, like mm-hmm. seeing things that shouldn't be underwater underwater." So I'm glad you you brought it mm-hmm. up because I, of course, never I know. went Thank back. Thank you, you for knowing the up. word. Yeah,
3: <laughs> there, there's that. The other one you probably already talked about is thalassophobia. Which is um, the no? fear of you are at the actual crest of the water, so that mm. you can just see above, but you are you cannot quite see below.
0: Yikes! Okay, I
3: would say that is that is the best thing that I can point to and say like yes, that, but also everything else around it. <laughs> yeah. My, my basic opinion is that um, the ocean doesn't want us. And it it makes it very clear that it doesn't want us. For instance, um, if you just went and swam in the ocean right now uh, and went underwater, uh, you know, you'd die. Uh, Probably. Because of the whole, um, you you can't breathe it. I think that (laughs) right off the bat is a good sign that like, you know what? I don't think that you're really supposed to be spending a whole lot of time in there.
1: Also, it tastes really bad. It
3: tastes bad? Yeah, it's
1: so salty. It's so gross.
3: To to give a little bit of my history with the ocean and with water, my phobia about dark water is uh, all-encompassing.
0: Based on the movie starring Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) I grew up on a farm next to a creek. I loved swimming in that creek. Every single day of the summer. I absolutely adore it. There were snapping turtles in there. There were water snakes. All sorts of things that are more likely to actually hurt you than anything that's that's in the ocean right now. Most of the things, as we know, in the ocean will just bump against you and, you know, whatever. That's about it. But that's terrifying. Obviously, as it, so many other people, this started with Jaws. I would <laughs> yep. have been maybe... I was five or six, I think, and I had just seen when I was four years old, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters. It was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. It changed my life forever. I was terrified and fascinated with it at the same time. Both of my parents are kind of film buffs, and they, you know, eventually showed me E.T., which was also fascinating and scary in its own also way because
0: also you for life <laughs> kinda
3: yeah yeah when when ET's sick like that's just kind of like ah I don't like looking at it
1: yeah just the visual was so disturbing and i believe my
3: dad rented it from the local library jaws now and mentioned that the same person that made Jurassic Park made this and from what <laughs> i remember he he was pretty specific with me saying i don't think that you should watch this and so didn't, like, like sit me down and, you know, I sat down to watch the movie. But I could, like, be in the same room and kind of, like, hide behind the couch as it was playing. Oh, yes. And that was enough. Like, I don't know if I knew what the plot was at the time. All I remember is just seeing the severed leg Shark. slowly float <laughs> down and hit the bottom rated PG because times were different. And that was just absolutely scarred in my memory, uh, uh, seeing- Those were
0: the good old days. Oh,
3: my God. (laughs) Just ripping hearts out of chests and being like, bring the kids, everybody. Yeah. The um,
0: kids, they're yeah.
3: fine. I know. Don't worry. And they're based the on thing. comic strips.
0: We are fine.
3: <laughs> we are fine. Look at what yeah. we're doing right now. We watched those movies okay. when we were younger.
1: We turned out all right. I know. A little bit of mental illness, Lauren's but gonna mostly fine. Going to talk about incest
3: in about a half hour, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it 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 was absolutely scarred into my mind. Seeing Robert Shaw bitten essentially in half and you know scream Ugh. blood out of his mouth was astounding to me. And I don't know if I immediately had a fear of water after that, but I know that there was a gradual change. Where
1: for sure, sure th-
3: this this is how this is how bad it is. A, I can't be in a pool um at night if there aren't lights on and if no one else is in the water with me. It's completely impossible. Oh, wow. I'm not going in. It's that bad.
1: Wow, even in a pool. Even in, so, it's even in a pool. it's really all about the visibility. Like you just need to see.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. It is
3: so bad that when I would have been about like 15 or so, like even to this day, in our basement at the time, we had this washer dryer and the washer would dump out all of the dirty water into a large basin. And then, and then, you know, presumably that would just kind of wash away. F- from time to time, whoever was doing the laundry would forget to unplug the basin. So it would fill up, you know, this like three feet of this black water. So whoever was going next would have to reach their hand in to <laughs> unplug it. It is so bad that that would take a lot of courage from me to be able to do because I wasn't quite sure what was in there. Like, it wasn't a shark, but.
0: But it could have been.
3: It could have been.
0: Yeah, something could have grabbed Something your could have hand. been in there. Yeah, I mean, Joe has that really funny story about how Joe's my fiance. He, his mom went to see Jaws in theaters, and then she was afraid to walk home afterwards. <laughs> and it was like, what was she <laughs> <On> expecting? <land. laughs> I totally like, understand. What was she afraid
3: of? Uh, Street Sharks, the animated TV show. What was
1: going to jump out of the Street bush? Sharks?
3: Yeah,
0: that's true. You know what? That's fair.
1: Yeah,
3: That's for what true. for what it's we, worth, we I remember um, yeah. the night after I saw Jaws for my first time, I had a nightmare that a, that a shark was at the carpet. Um, so, you know, I They're get it. They're
0: everywhere is They're what people need we, to understand. We've seen
3: Sharknado, Sharkalanche, all yeah. those things. It's funny, we haven't even gotten to any facts yet. Sometimes in this water basin, <laughs> um, when I would have to reach in to unplug this thing, my mom is a big horticulturalist. And occasionally she would have plants in there that I didn't know about. So I'd reach my hand and, and then something would touch my fucking hand no! midway through. Yeah. And oh, no. I would tear myself away from there Stop and it. then like need to spend a good 15 minutes like working up yes. the courage again. Again, I'm 16 at the time. It hasn't gone away. Oh my it's God. It's rough. Yeah,
1: I get that. That's creepy. And then on
3: top of that, so I would have been about 10 and my fear had not like fully set in yet. I was still like occasionally finding myself to be a little bit brave. And here's the thing. I love swimming. I I, I have dreams about swimming and breathing underwater all the time. I find it so freeing. And obviously there's a reason that we return to it all the time. The ocean kind of calls to us in in that way. And it is very healing. I was in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, because I had nothing else to do. And I was out maybe like five feet deep, like just to the point that your feet can't quite touch the bottom anymore you can kind of feel yourself drifting a little bit and i remember feeling this big thing bump against my side and move me Mm. and i look down and there's this fin and this big shape go back under the water and I don't even remember swimming back to shore. I just remember being back on the sand going like. <laughs> you blacked out. <gasps> oh, completely. <laughs> completely yeah, just disassociated. Completely out. I did a little research and the only things that are like that big are oh, yeah. bull sharks that are in that area. Bull sharks, which oh. are infamously fairly aggressive. Um, Ugh, but, yikes. you know, it was just like he was blind in dark delaware water he bumped into me and was probably like sorry and you know kind of went on his way but <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: my life changed forever
0: right <laughs> uh, it was sorry, just a tuesday for him right yeah have either
3: Ruined of you ever had any sort of experiences yeah. with things in no. the water in that way or is it just in your imagination No.
0: No, just my imagination. No. I did step on a sea urchin once Not- and oh, the God. like one of the little barbs went in between my toes, in between my big toe and my next toe, and I couldn't wear flip-flops for like 3 years.
3: Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Cuz I never
0: got it taken out, which means it's probably slowly it making its way to my heart. Yeah. I don't know. Has it just been creeping you, you up your body this entire urchin. time? You are like a cyborg. Ashley. I
1: That's niche.
2: Yeah. see. Are. That's yeah. why I love to claim it.
1: Mm,
0: I, I honestly that. didn't know I didn't know you were supposed to like get them removed and that was like three years later I was like I can wear flip-flops again <laughs> who cares about it my should heart should be fine, <laughs> should oh be fine. God. I'm fine
1: I've never even had like a brush with a creature right. at all, like nothing even close to what Ashley said. My fear of the ocean, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I I actually used to love it when I first moved to LA. I loved driving to Santa Monica or Venice and wow. just diving into the waves. I would swim out pretty far. I was fearless, but then 4th of July, I think it was 2014 or 2015, I was out there with Alex and I had one of those moments where a wave... Was just a little too high, kind of knocked me back, oh, no. and I could not Yikes. get yeah. back up. It was like a windy, rough water day, and every time I oh, came up, I'd horrifying. get this quick little gasp of air, and then slapped in the face again. I got like spun in circles. Holy my shit. swimsuit got ripped off. I was naked at one point, and my friend Landry was so nice and came over and like stood over me while I put my swimsuit back on because yeah. it was Fourth of July, so it was real crowded. But um, I <laughs> yeah, Alex was just swimming, splash, and having a great time, not noticing that I'm being like murdered in the background but ever since that day i will only go in up mm-hmm. to my knees because i'm so scared of it mm-hmm. i just like the force of the ocean i don't know where the fear of like the depths of the ocean and the creatures comes from maybe truly it could be from jaws and any you know scary Sorry. ocean movies that i've watched and it's just been in my subconscious but the general fear of the ocean is from it, it, thinking intensely I legitimate
3: the amount that we don't <laughs> I mean so if- off the top of your heads what what do you imagine uh, percentage of the ocean we do do we have a clear understanding of
1: 12 10
3: it is 5
1: Ooh, okay shut we up
3: we have mapped more of Mars than we have of the ocean
1: this is why it's creepy
3: and this is one of the reasons why it's creepy it is it is such an unknown and unattainable thing for us you know we we've we've figured out so many ways to go to space, to send things out to distant planets, to take pictures of. But we don't have to worry about atmosphere quite in the same way. Any Anybody that knows anything about the ocean understands that the density of everything becomes far greater the further you go down and you will be crushed to death. Right. Yeah. So I do think that there is this kind of natural worry that we have as scared mammals to kind of be like, well, I don't, I don't know what's in there. I, uh, we'll see. But I digress. Back to Jaws. As, as most people know, Jaws was adapted from Peter Benchley. Uh the book. Uh, have either of you read the book?
0: I haven't read the book. Uh-huh. No.
3: Okay. It, it's, it's good and it's quite different. I would say from the okay. movie. Like some of the, like the main beats are there, but there are subplots that I totally understand. Uh, didn't make it into the movie. For instance, right. the mayor has these mafia ties, and so like that's why he is so adamant to keep the beaches open because otherwise the mafia is going to like kill him.
0: I don't know. I've been watching a lot oh, of mafia not? stuff lately, and I'm kind of into it. Stevie Spielberg. Uh,
3: I don't know. <laughs> I this know. time well, for a
0: sequel. I know. I think that should have been included. A proper sequel.
3: Well, there was also an affair in the book Excuse between me. Hooper and Ellen Brody. Whoa! There is a subplot about what? how she went to school with his brother or something like that, and like dated him for a little while, and he always had a crush is, on her. Um,
0: is Hooper?
3: He's Richard Dreyfus.
0: Richard Dreyfus, thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I don't love that, but go on. Eh.
3: And <laughs> and I believe that the actor who played Ellen Brody, who mm-hmm. is uh, Lorraine Gary, was quite disappointed that that she wasn't didn't get to
0: make out. With which Richard Dreyfus, with
3: cute Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> and that also severely <laughs> limited her screen time. Which yeah, fair well, enough. that's true. Uh huh. They have that that's one fair. scene together, and that's about it.
0: If I okay, got so. cast in a movie based on a book in which my character got to fuck Richard Dreyfus, and then I got there and they're like, "You don't get to fuck Richard Dreyfus," I would quit. I would walk out.
1: Like sorry, I think everybody. you're gonna have to find another actress, it's not what I'm here for. Sorry,
0: that is not what I'm here for. I'm here We're for Dreyfus. We're talking
1: Dreyfuss? about
3: 1972, Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. Now, right? Yes. Not, okay, yeah.
0: Honestly, yes, any era, percent. any All era. All respect okay, to Richard okay. Now, Ashley,
3: I don't yuck a yum. All right, thank you. In in the book, Chief Brody knows about the affair and has numerous fights with Hooper about it. Hooper also is killed by the shark at the end of the of the Damn. book um, when he goes Jeez. down into the cage and Damn. not only that it then brings his body to the shore in its mouth still chewing on him i'm sorry not the shore but but breaches while chief brody is shooting at it and he shoots hooper in the throat Oops. uh and there's this like weird moment of satisfaction that he gets while doing all of this <laughs> it's 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 a strange deterrent um, yeah, and then but I like it. I I believe they they just impale uh the shark at the end rather than blow it up. Oh, which they don't blow it up. Yeah, yeah, they don't blow it up. Which I obviously they did. They made the right decision in the in the movie. I remember reading the book and it's just kind of over and you're like, oh, it died. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
0: So he stabbed oh, okay. it. Mm. Oh, it is human yeah. after. Oh, human. Right. It is mortal after all. <laughs> exactly. It is human after all. His it human is human eyes- after
1: all. It's yeah, been sorry. a guy in a shark suit <laughs> the, the whole, whole time.
3: Mm-hmm. Who knew? Uh, it's funny, though. Uh, Peter Benchley also wrote uh, a book called The Beast that was then made into a two-part made-for-TV movie.
0: Oh, I've seen it. It scared you have the seen shit it? out of me. It scared it, me again, so bad.
3: <laughs> it, was, it was super scary. It was a giant it was squid.
0: Awful. It was so scary.
3: No one had ever, you know, obviously, like, we had 20,000 leagues under the sea, but, like, there wasn't, like, a really prominent giant squid. I think that there was, like, a little bit of one in the movie Sphere, but it's just kind of, like, suggested.
0: Well, and I wonder, at the time the Beast came out, I wonder if it was still theoretical. Like, they didn't know the giant squid was even around? Yeah, because they thought they were extinct until, oh, go on.
1: Well, oh. it, so <laughs> it,
3: it is funny, the whole thing about giant squids, like th- their whole thing is that they are extremely elusive because they live not like the bottom of the ocean, but the depths of which we cannot necessarily... It's so, so, so deep. And it's so deep. But we obviously have these stories about them. You know, there's the story about the kraken. Yeah. And it's even to the point Ugh. of uh, Aristotle, who if anybody for some reason does not know, lived in the 4th century BC, <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: e- even in in some of his teachings, described a large squid, which he called a uh, toothus, distinguishing it from smaller squid, which is just called the toothus. And re- he says, of the calamaris, which is a funny way Delicious. to refer to it, the so-called toothus <laughs> is much bigger than the toothus. They have been found as much as five L's long. An L is 1.25 yards.
0: <gasps> wow.
3: So these things have been known about for a very long time. And you you are correct in that there was very little actual evidence of them. One of the first times it was ever actually encountered by man was in 1861. Damn. Before then, there had been lots of stories about them. And of course, all of them was like, it took my ship down and like all that kind of stuff right but it wasn't until on november 30th it's funny the wiki the wiki says on november 30th or november 17th eh, 1861
0: (laughs) i know i love how we're gonna be like well which one is it yeah
3: i know this is this is important and also what's the discrepancy here (laughs)
0: yeah in
3: 1861 the french corvette the Electon was on its way to cayenne the largest and most populous island of the seven canary islands as the ship neared the island, the lookout on the duty yelled to the crew below, a large body partly submerged on the surface is ahead. The captain, Commander bigot that's how you pronounce his name, had heard reports <laughs> of giant squid, but the scientific community disputed their existence as anything that they had found was mutilated and decomposed. But there was at least one decent specimen uh, slightly earlier in
0: 1847. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man.
3: Basically- oh, wow. They go up to this thing and they say, hey, you know what? We should probably take this because we are going to get rich and famous. Unbeknownst to them, it was still alive.
0: No. And so
3: they tried over and over to harpoon this thing uh, or lasso a rope around its body. Eventually, the thing like died in the process. The idea is that it must have been quite sick. And whatever they were doing to it, this lasted hours, whatever they were doing to it just made it uh, pass away. They right. finally attempted to get ropes around it, but every single time they tried to lift it up, it was so heavy that the rope would cut it in half.
0: Oh my gosh. So they ended up with a bunch of pieces. Just, just a
3: little bit. Just
0: oh, a Squid.
3: And And you <laughs> know, me. they went back and be like, guys, I swear to God. I swear. I, swear. I know
0: this sounds crazy. I know uh-huh. it sounds like I'm making it up. <laughs>
3: Exactly. They decided to leave it, quote, lest the creature damage or injure the ship and the crew. So giant squids are, yes, entirely elusive, have only relatively recently been confirmed by eyesight. And it wasn't until, I believe, 2004 that there was even photographic evidence of them alive in the wild. It took that long before anybody could go, look, see, these things lived once. We're starting to get better at Which it. Which
0: is yeah. why, that's always what I point to when people are like, there can't be aliens under the ocean. And I'm like, there are <laughs> so
1: many things.
3: There are
0: yeah. totally aliens uh-huh. under the ocean. Uh, yeah, there. first
1: of all, there's 100% aliens under the ocean. <laughs> and also,
0: like, we don't fucking
1: know what's down yeah, there. Yeah. Like,
0: we do not know. And uh-huh. all the pictures... Like, they're like, the biggest, uh, you know, giant squid ever found or sighted or whatever was this one. And then, like, literally a year later, they're like, and now the biggest giant squid ever found is this one. Like, they just keep getting longer and longer. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you cannot tell me that there is not a kraken in those states. It gets
1: worse and worse. A new article comes out every single year telling me that things are more and more terrifying in the ocean the deeper we get. There's
3: plenty of facts on squids, but to make them very brief, it's generally agreed that they can grow to forty three feet, but there are first hand accounts that have seen them between sixty and seventy feet. Mm. They don't have a tongue; they have a radula, which is covered in rows of sharp, toothy, backward protruding like razors. It rams bite sized oh. pieces of food down the squid's throat. I love that they use the word rams. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, rams it doesn't, it down. It doesn't swallow; it doesn't guide; it rams.
0: Rams. So is it. that the, is that their beak?
3: Uh, that is their beak. Yes, they have this yeah. massive beak.
0: I remember that very much from The Beast. The
3: Beast, yes.
0: Yeah, the beak part. I I just remember watching Beast and being like, they made that up, right? And then my dad being like, no, squids have beaks. And I was no. like, they have beaks?
3: Big old beaks.
0: <laughs> I quit. And the,
3: like the uh, pieces that they ruined. eat have to be small because the giant squid's esophagus passes through the brain on the way to the stomach, which is okay. Whoa. What? Who? You do you, bro. Little note. To each his own. Which I did not know. Like all squids, giant squids have three hearts. Didn't right. know, but fucking why? fine. Why not? <laughs> There's a median heart which pumps oxygenated blood why, through your body. Why do
1: you need three?
3: Because is so strong and to so big and the horrible. hold all the hate, Lauren. Yes, exactly.
1: It's to hold the evil. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> three hearts.
3: life just looked it's at it and said, dark fuck it. You get a beak and three hearts.
1: A beak and three hearts and your food is going to pass through your brain at you weirdo. Exactly.
3: Beak, three hearts, eight legs. Go wild, dude. Eat a sperm whale. They are cannibals, by the way, also. Because, you know, fucking of course. Why not? not? Be a cannibal. We are getting slightly better at photographing them. Like I said, I believe it was in uh, 2004 was the first... Uh, evidence there there were photos and then I believe a little bit later in 2007 that same team got the first actual video um, of a giant squid. There's been wow. a couple of videos that have circulated um, specifically around Japan uh, unfortunately those have been confirmed to just simply be colossal squid
0: which are also fucking huge. Which are also yep. enormous.
3: Which are also enormous. So speaking of mysterious things in the ocean that we don't really have much of an answer for does everybody know what the bloop is?
0: Yes, I hate it.
1: B-L-O-O-P, B-L-O-O-P. Oh, the bloop. Oh, yes. Yes. The fucking bloop. The I fucking think we had to talk about it bloop. once.
3: <laughs> there are some party pooper, N-O-A-A's, who say, well, it's just an iceberg. Yeah. Hating. Okay. Which, okay, maybe that makes a whole lot of sense, but-
0: Yeah, maybe.
3: Can it just be Cthulhu?
1: Uh, well, the can't thing we is, a little fun with it
3: I listened
0: to the bloop and then I listened to a bunch of recordings of icebergs, too, and they don't sound the same. So it's I don't know different. if they just said that to be like, it can't be anything else. Like, I don't know. I don't exactly know. They even I even saw like pictures of sound waves of like the bloop uh, compared to like iceberg sound waves and they don't mm-hmm. match up. So I don't know who decided. Right. That I don't know who banged their gavel and we're like it's an iceberg and then walked away and we just move on yeah
3: I'll tell you who it is it's the people that definitely uh-huh. fucking know that that's Cthulhu down there and they are hiding yep. it yup just gonna break out I that. don't
0: doubt that for a second nope I yes. guess what we should do for anyone who's listening is like I don't remember the bloop what's the bloop <laughs> it's a sound
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's that true. was recorded <laughs> we're all
0: like we know in the ocean that is horrific and no one knows what it is.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
0: we don't know the source and it's
3: not just that it was a sound it was that it was heard between two microphones 5,000 kilometers apart
1: yeah oh my god that is so wild
3: exactly no living thing can make a noise that loud in the ocean and no man-made object can make a thing that loud in the ocean Yeah. maybe it's a nice which is
0: great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful to think about.
0: <laughs> right.
3: Back on Peter Benchley. As a lot of people know, once the movie came out, we didn't feel so good about sharks after that. No. And Peter has inf- famously regretted the fame of the movie and has gone on to work in shark conservation since then.
1: Which honestly is just the sweetest. He's like, he owned what he did Mm -hmm. and is like, hey, guys, we don't need to hate sharks. I'm going to go save the sharks and take care of them and you should all follow me. I I don't think that he could
0: have possibly imagined how scary the movie would have been.
3: Right. He He didn't bother to do that for the giant squids i you know i should kind of throw that out there that he's got no love for them apparently but it's not like <laughs> yeah, people apparently are.
0: he was like but also fuck squids
3: fuck squids yeah, fuck those guys <laughs> those <three-hearted, beat> <laughs> them, beat three hearted beaked motherfuckers kill them, i'm
1: gonna encourage you to save the sharks but like fuck squids yeah guys. if you
3: can find a squid fuck it or don't i don't know <laughs> do you know <laughs> how squid gri- right. giant squids have sex by the way
1: do I want to know? Isaac, do yeah. I want to know? Yeah, exactly, yeah, tell she. me. Okay, tell us.
3: So it is slightly up for debate, but so far the idea is that the male has some, like, uh, I believe it's three foot long. I don't even want to call it a penis. Let's call it a harpoon. Right, sure. <laughs> yeah, that he indiscriminately stabs into the female, nowhere, just... Stabs
1: nowhere in particular, and just anywhere into her body, a-
3: anywhere into her, into her body. Uh, often her legs, legs, tentacles, her legs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then her legs, <laughs> her little sucky legs, you know, <laughs> uh, and then explodes his uh, manhood into her jizz, and it just kind of like works its way up to her, and then she makes eggs inside of her, and then. Uh, it, possibly they then explode out of her body in some way once they're born it's still up for debate a cool. little bit i but love cool
0: this why cool. not
3: <laughs> at that point again fuck it yeah
0: it's just like everything just i explodes. talked about eels it was on a bonus episode so not everyone had heard it but i talked about how eels like eels eels the animal that we all know of That we have, there are literally eel farms. So it's not like the squid where it's like, well, we don't really see them. We Mm. still to this day have no idea how they reproduce. We just have ideas because they Mm. will not reproduce in captivity. The only place that eels will reproduce is in the Bermuda triangle.
3: Of course they of do.
0: fucking I course. wish that was a joke. That's
3: what <laughs> happened with all the boats. They stumbled upon a big old eel fuck party.
0: It was
1: an and eel the eels orgy were like, witnessing uh-uh. an eel orgy, and they were like, get. It yeah. was like eyes wide shut. Where they were like, you this need to leave. This is our secret. <laughs> You've got to get out of here.
3: I love that. Oh, I mean, I hate my it, but God. I love it.
1: I mean hate it and love it. Exactly. <laughs> it's fun knowledge to have. Mm-hmm. Also with the squids, the one credit I'll give them is that they're just the
0: one they're credit I'll give them. These are incredible <laughs> creatures and we're like the one thing I can say they about fight a
3: squid sperm whales to the <laughs> death and we're just kind of here being like Listen, I mean, you know, if there's one good thing to say. Go
0: I
1: know on. that they're incredible but I still fear them for so sure. it's hard for me to compliment them but I love hearing that men are always terrible no matter what. Yes. Like he just, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. they're confirming it for me. They're like <laughs> cross species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the guy just stabs her, explodes his, his stuff. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. probably swims away and doesn't talk to her ever again. Classic. Like just come on. Classic drink, Classic come men.
3: On. To wrap up on- jaws Uh, many people may know that it is at least peter benchley originally based this story on the uh new jersey incident in 1916 which is referred to the jersey shore shark attack of 1916 is this on everyone's radars
0: no i don't think so Mm -mm. wonderful
3: because we're about to get gnarly
0: (laughs) Oh oh god so
3: this Happened in which four people were killed and one was injured. The incidents occurred during a deadly summer heat wave and polio epidemic in the United States that drove thousands of people to the seaside resorts of the Jersey Shore, which is like insult to injury. Like a whole bunch of polio, and then they're like, listen, you don't need your legs anyway. We'll eat them. (laughs) Yeah. Scholars have debated which shark species was responsible and a number of animals involved. However, at the time, many of the bystanders said that it was a great white shark not necessarily knowing that bull sharks were much more frequent in those waters at the time Ah, there is it is such a shame that this is a podcast because i was looking up some uh images from here obviously it's 1916 so there's like not a lot however there are news clippings that include medical drawings of the victims that are gnarly as far as fuck unnecessarily oh, like you see tendons and bones uh, coming out it is so and they unnecessary. were just displaying this for people exactly. to see exactly they were like see Ugh. look what happened timmy that's why you listen to your mom
1: <laughs> come on Timmy. so
3: there were these attacks on the coast no one could have possibly imagined though the most uh horrific part of this it was assumed that one of the bull sharks which can uh live in fresh water if it needs to had made its way to a local river Mm. somebody had seen this at this specific place ran back told everybody uh and everyone was like a shark can't get in the river you're drunk again go away (laughs) go home (laughs) so everyone just ignored him on july 12th a factory across town was generously letting 11 year old lester stillwell leave work a little early which, obviously, there's a factory that has an 11-year-old. Yeah. After meeting with some friends, they went for a swim in the Matawan Creek. While they splashed and played, Lester told his friends, both only a few feet away, to watch him float on his back. A moment later, he was violently pulled underneath the water's surface. It gets real graphic in the descriptions that they talk about. Everyone thought Oof. maybe he was having a seizure or something like that, so all the kids ran back to the, um, to the adults. The adults came back, also were like, what's wrong with that kid in the water? Went out. Then the shark killed somebody else who was taking little Timmy's, I forget his name, body out of the water. Ripped that person's leg off. That person. Oh, my God. Uh, bled to death immediately. It was fucking horrible.
1: Like a true bloodbath. A
3: oh true my God. bloodbath. Wow. And so that was the, I believe it was the last uh, victim of this. And obviously they closed everything and then everything kind of calmed down a little bit. But Benchley did a lot of research into this and thought, hey, that sounds like a really good story. He worked with a fisherman named Frank Mundus. He was a fisherman and charter captain based out of Montauk, New York, who was the inspiration for Quint, who Robert Shaw plays. Yeah. Um, Though it's never explicitly said that he is the inspiration. Benchley spent a lot of time with this man, and after Frank saw Jaws, he he very specifically said, yeah, those are my words.
0: <laughs> oh, that, wow.
3: That man, Whoa. Uh, originally in his career, was not a, a kind man to the sharks. Mm-hmm. He uh, very much enjoyed um, spearing them and hunting them. Yeah,
0: I mean, Quint did too.
3: And Quint did too, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like a little bit Quint, of a game. I mean, he should. He had that horrible monologue. Like, I would enjoy killing him too.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
3: Which
0: I love that you say horrible monologue. That's like
1: my dad's favorite
0: monologue. Oh, it's from no, any it's movie. the best monologue. I'm saying like that horrible horrifying. story. Like it's a horrifying, horrific. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Jeff. Mears oh yeah, Robert no, Shaw really no, whiffed no, it on that you? take. Yeah, yeah, yeah he mm-hmm. really biffed that one. No, it's amazing.
3: <laughs> Fun yes. fact about that speech. So they had gone through a lot of renditions of of what that speech was going to end up being. And Shaw was getting more and more mm, unhappy with the script. He tried over and over to get through it, and it just wasn't working. He just wasn't getting into character for it. He just didn't think the words were right. He tried getting drunk. That didn't work. And eventually, (laughs) out of frustration, he said, give me the damn thing. I'll go write it myself. He went out, made his own edits, came back, and this is the monologue that we have.
1: Well, wow. Which is pretty cool. Okay. I love that. However, so
3: he's talking about the USS Indianapolis. What we see in the movie, he then says that it was June 29th, 1945. That is not true. The USS Indianapolis sank on July 30th, my birthday,
0: 1945. Oh, well, 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 well.
3: But at that point, no one wanted to tell Robert Shaw, hey, we got to go again. Uh, (laughs) Hey,
0: we got to do this one more time. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to start again.
3: They just they, they just decided to let it go.
0: Everyone was like, yeah. no one's going to look this up. I
1: know. No, no, no.
3: Mm-hmm. No one's
0: going to look this just up and talk it. about it at length Under on a no circumstances will anybody
3: <laughs> ever do podcast this. In
1: 2021. Mm-hmm.
3: In the end, yes, the ocean is very scary because mm-hmm. there is so much that we don't know about it. However, it is incredibly powerful beautiful it is the source of where we have likely come from as a species and all all things living uh and should be respected and revered and also uh you know fuck it to hell
1: those are uh, you honestly summed up my thoughts so well it's like i'm in awe of it i'm in awe of its power and its beauty and i have a deep respect for it but like fuck it don't Mm -hmm. touch me Mm -hmm. don't bring me near (laughs) it Mm -hmm. that's it and it sucks
2: hey creepy people this is p and w hans and homicides i'm caitlin and i'm cassie together we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the pacific northwest we're just two normal-ish friends who want a more creepy, local stories. Our episodes start with a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on each topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. Come join us. We've got plenty of wine, laughs, and stories to share. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 and Forest Park. As well as our spooky stories from Pike Place in the Oregon Vortex on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and many more. For all of you that are listening, if you have any true crime or paranormal stories that you want us to share, maybe with the whole Pacific Northwest, they don't have to be from the Pacific Northwest, if you would like to share, email us at Homicides at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no special characters. Last but certainly not least, head over to Patreon to support the show and we can provide even more creepy content. Have, Have a creepy ass day. day.
0: And uh, Lauren, hey, t- 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 take, us, take us home.
1: Take, take it away.
0: <laughs> I know, it's I'm fine.
1: sorry, everybody. Okay, you know, last but certainly, certainly not not least, <laughs> um, I I feel like I have to preface this with I'm not a horrible person. I am a mother. <laughs> I am a children's music teacher. I feel like I'm a pretty good wife. I feel like I'm a decent friend. I'm a nice person. I'm sorry that I bring so much darkness to this podcast. Yeah,
3: there was a big butt at the end of that. I, I I'm just but... really sorry.
1: But I know, but I really love the darkness. I have a black soul underneath the peppy uh music teacher oh. exterior. Um I chose I chose to focus on the movie theme of incest and inbreeding because who doesn't love, love to have a chance at incest about that. and
3: I hadn't had one yet today, so this is good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was lacking one on this Tuesday. Um, No, there was a little bit of a reason for it. Ashley and I went on a podcast recently called Spark My Interest, which like if you're not listening to that podcast, what are you doing with your life? The girls are amazing. They tell really good stories, talk about very interesting things. We were guests on that show and I decided to ruin their show by coming on (laughs) and talking about a story of incest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did a true crime story, which is very much like my spiel. And uh, yeah, and it involved incest. But the reason I brought it over to our show is because Ashley and I realized with all of the dark, crazy, weird things we've covered, we never really have dug into yeah. incest and we like touched on it a little on spark my interest but like there is kind of the this only episode
0: we really did was um it. when we we accidentally made the darkest episode ever my sister and brother-in-law visited and we did like oh yeah we did like a family-based episode thinking like mm. oh i bet we could find some mm. like true crime stories based on and that there was a lot of incest there um Hmm. Yes. And whoops, is all I have yeah. to say about that. You're right. Th-
1: that episode ended up being really dark. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys when you think of horror movies and inbreds, what comes to your mind first?
0: Probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. even though it's not like directly yeah. stated. These are They don't yeah, say these are in it. yeah. it's still like the dynamic of the family is very scary and strange. Right. And some little like deformities and yeah. yeah. But I mean, I even texted you this. The one thing I think about the most when I think about this is the X Files episode Home.
1: Oh hell yeah! yeah. That was banned from television because of the incest and and the violence. That's too much. Fox removed (laughs) it.
3: Can I can I make a horrible confession? It aired once
1: and Fox didn't air it. I have never seen
3: the X Files. I'm sorry. (gasps) Oh, you And it's, watch so it. funny. it's so funny, whenever good. people bring up the X-Files, they always say, just watch the home episode. Ugh. Yes.
0: See, I don't season know. Season <laughs> four, episode two, we can <laughs> tell you the <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't know if I would recommend that episode to anyone.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even just the incest part of it. It's very yeah, violent. It's, it's very And scary. there's... It's, yeah, it's really terrifying. It's violent. It's bloody. It's like, it's, it's hmm. unique. It is dark. Season four, episode two, if anyone wants to find <laughs> it. I do think of that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Isaac, do you have anything? It's that so
3: funny from? when you, when you said it, I, I think I'm incorrectly remembering that Deliverance had some sort of incest in it. No, it did. It did. Okay. There was. It, 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 yeah. That was one of those movies that my, again, my, my, my parents loved uh, having me see older movies. And at some point she was like, this is one of those movies that is, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist and maybe you should see it. And I probably would have been about like 12 or something like that.
0: Wow. And I don't
3: even know if I if I appreciated it well. quite at the time, but boy, did it make an impact, though. Yeah, uh, I never I've forgot not, I've about not that not forget since. it. I don't know if I need to watch it again. <laughs>
1: No, I think you might be done.
3: It it also came out on my birthday, July 30th, 1972. What is the deal here?
1: Stop it with having that date. Look at that. Wow.
3: (laughs) What's the deal with incest?
1: (laughs) On my birthday. (laughs) Wait a minute. No. I appreciate you guys for humoring me. I just asked because when you, when I was like Googling and researching, you know, horror movies with inbred families in them so many movies pop up and ones that go deep that you've probably never heard of and i was sort of like oh dang is there just this whole subgenre i never knew about and people incorrectly call the hills have eyes an inbred movie which like i even did in our intro today there are actually mutants who are suffering from you know radiation no. and that's why they all look crazy but they have the look of Inbreds that we've seen in yeah. other films, so people just kind of lump them in with Bye. that. And they are family members that have been living together in the middle of the desert for years. So, I mean, Maybe. who knows? Like, things could have happened. Yeah. They could have happened, but they are like technically mutants. But people say Hills Have Eyes, people always say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but <laughs> the one that nobody ever talks about. But that I'm gonna talk about tonight because it's my favorite, and I'm embarrassed. Is Wrong Turn?
3: Oh. Does anybody else like? Wrong I've
1: Turn? never
0: <laughs> finished Wrong Turn.
1: <laughs> Ugh, I know this is what I was afraid of. But guys, I promise that my passion for it is gonna like convince you to give okay. it a second watch, and you'll probably still hate it. But just watch it again All for right. me, you know. Just like do me a favor. I <laughs> I love the movie Wrong Turn. It. It's absurd. It's, it's dumb. It's awful. But I love it so much. It just feels like a really good early 2000 slasher. It's everything I want it to be. I know that this is a hot take, but it's like it has horrible reviews, but it came out in 2003. And so maybe it was just the age that I was at when it came out. But I, I thought it was such a perfect slasher because I don't enjoy gore just to be Mm -hmm. gory and just like a movie's trying to prove something we're going to be the most disgusting we're going to be the most out there which to be honest hills have eyes did that for me it was a little too tortury Mm -hmm. and there was a lot uh it was a little too graphic for me and i was like no 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 and then but wrong turn is just the right amount of gore just the right amount of mid drift and sexual tension that i would expect from an early 2000s slasher it sure does, <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> which is one of my other favorite parts. It's just a good right. time, and that's how you have to go into it, is just saying, like, this is going to be a, f- a fun slasher. You can predict every moment, but it still makes you jump, and it still you know has its thrilling moments. I think it's such a good time, but I also have a lot of nostalgic feelings to it.
3: Can I Can I take a second to blow your mind one more time?
0: Yeah.
1: Yes,
3: please. The actor Julian Richings, who plays Three Finger in Wrong Turn, is also
1: we love three fingers the
3: governor who kicks out the family at the beginning of The Witch.
1: Really? No. Guys, did we do we show it? Of uh, I've been telling you to shut up so many times this episode, <laughs> Isaac, but you just You, so you, keep, you just make me want to slap some tape right over your mouth. You're gonna bite me on this that.
3: podcast and go, like,
1: don't speak. <laughs> this time I really was mind blown only because Ashley and I somehow always end up connecting yeah, our everything. stories like not on purpose oh. and so it's just funny. But yeah, Three Finger, it's a perfect example. It's directed by Rob Schmidt and written by Alan B. McElroy, who also wrote the remake in 2021, oh. which was kind of fun. The film stars Desmond Harrington, who is from Ghost Ship, as Ashley said. Um, one of my faves, Eliza Dushku. But anyway, these like this cast is like early 2000s royalty like they were that this was the time they were doing things they haven't really done too much since and didn't do anything of note really before but like this was their prime time. A lot of critics the reason they didn't like it was because of course they felt that it was just ripping off Texas Chainsaw Massacre which yes it absolutely is like you can tell they got direct inspiration from that. And just tried to kind of do their own version of it. And it does fall short. It doesn't quite have the same story and the same fear. But over the years, as most kind of crap horror movies do, it has developed this huge cult following. And people really love it. And I am one of those people, of course. It was filmed in Canada mostly, but is supposed to take place in West Virginia because, of course... It's West Virginia because there are inbred people in this movie. They <laughs> shout all, out to all of our Virginia West Virginia listening. listeners. <laughs> what I up, know. kids? Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm not just making it up, the statistics will tell you. But yes, that is it's also a big stereotype. So, I mean, tale as old as time. These guys are on like back mountain roads. There's a group of friends in one car, and then there's brooding Desmond Harrington heading to a job interview in his car. They both crash on this back mountain road in the middle of nowhere. They think it was a total accident, but then they look and both of them have run over like spiked pads that were laid across the street. Mm. So someone was clearly trying to trap them. And as they try to call for help, go out into the woods, looking for help, of course they're getting brutally murdered by this inbred family that lives in the woods. They all have major deformities on their face to, you know, be these kind of real life monsters They're humans, but look like monsters to us coming out. They're shooting arrows into these people. They're grunting and growling and howling. They're very animalistic. They are cannibalistic. They brutally murder them and take them back to their house and chop them up. And it's a whole thing, but it's a great time. So (laughs) check it out if you'd like to. But why
3: do they do this?
1: Yeah, but why? Because... (laughs) Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Because it's fun. No, like it's... That is the thing is... From what I have learned, like, if you are from a long line of inbreeding, like, if it's, you know, your parents created you, but then, like, or no, like, go way down the line. Grandparents created somebody, but then siblings sleep together. Mm -hmm. And then the next siblings sleep together. If you are that close in family, you're going to create a monster. Mm -hmm. Like, that is just what has been found. There will be really low... Um, brain activity, there's going to be major physical deformities and health issues, there's going to be basically no speech that is available, so like these grunting monsters.
0: Royal family.
3: (laughs) You know who you are.
0: You know who you are. So many
1: genetic disorders can come out of inbreeding, especially when it's siblings or parent and child relationships, like the closer you are, the worse the situation's going to be. Mm -hmm. So as much as like inbreeding and incest fits into the horror genre well because it's it's so upsetting and we see these monsters out in the woods and it feels so you know out of the norm and of course this is this is just a horror movie it's all fake like it this does come from reality of these people would not be able to function like normal humans and for the most part inbreeding and incest takes place out in desolate areas up in the mountains out in the woods because these people want to keep their bloodline pure in their eyes they want right. to be away Mm. from society, they just only want to reproduce with the people around them. So they move away, they stay away from society. And it still happens today, which is what blows my mind the most. It's not as common, of course, it's much more rare, but it is still happening around the world. And even right here in the good old USA, Mm. it happens for the most part in the southeastern region of the United States, um, but has happened basically all over the country at one time or another. But The most common theme and the reason it happens more in the Southeast is there's just there's more land. It's more spread out. You can find these mountain areas. You can find these small towns that are away from everything with basically no population. And there are families that go out there and choose to live alone up in the mountains or this tiny town to be away and to reproduce and keep their family going. And usually there is severe mental illness. And in most cases, the incest starts with a patriarch who is a pedophile. There's likely a lot of abuse associated with the inbreeding. It's dark. It's horrible. But in some cases, people are just so far removed from society and they're living with their family. Maybe they're a cousin of the family that kind of started this, you know, inbreeding situation. Mm -hmm. And they just, they're out there enough that they've lost sight of reality. And they give in to the urges as well because they say, okay, well... I want to have a family and a legacy, so I'll give into it. And sometimes you just kind of get brainwashed as if it's a cult and you kind of go along with it, wow. which I think is the saddest of all. But
0: Well, and a lot of time I don't even think it's a matter of like, I want a family. It's a matter of I want to fuck and the person yeah. around is this animals. person. And if you don't have proper health care, if you don't have mm-hmm. birth control, you are going to get pregnant. It's,
1: I mean, that is such a good point when you said, you know, we don't have access to birth control. Like, for the most part, these are people who, you know, very low income, living off the land. Like, they don't have a lot. And that's the other part of it is I think in some cases there are family members who question it and want to move away, but they don't even have the means to. And they yeah. don't even know what to do once they get to civilization. So they sort of just, they just give in. and. Wow. It happens, and it's it's very sad, and I'm happy that it's not happening as much anymore. But it's so dangerous to reproduce with your family members. I think all of us know this already, but just the birth defects and the major health issues could ruin any life that these people are trying to bring into the world. Hmm. And researchers of inbred children over the years have found that common health issues are decreased cognitive abilities, as I said before, um... Decreased muscular function, reduced height and lung function, a greater risk of contracting diseases in general, and a much shorter lifespan. So none of it is good. You will almost always have major deformities on your body. You will be in pain. You'll be miserable. It's it's just not right. Like, we are not supposed to reproduce with our relatives.
3: And then I imagine that these people probably don't know, like, like, how far do you get into it? when you are in that isolation where you have no idea what is normal anymore right like mm-hmm. ev- eventually like what it, what are you possibly comparing it to
1: yeah right i know that's yeah that was kind of what i was trying to say of like the losing sight of reality mm. you're out there alone for so long you're only seeing your family i think there does come a point where you just say i don't even know how the regular world lives this must be how we all survive and you know carry on mm-hmm. so I'll I'll go with it. I think you can almost go insane in a way. I mean I hate to use that word, but you know like you just mm-hmm. you're losing sight of what the world is when you're out there yeah. so far away from everything. Knowing all of this, we have all these facts. We know this like science has advanced as Ashley mentioned before, incest and inbreeding it was very popular with the royal families. It was always arranged marriages with cousins mm-hmm. with you know, in some cases, siblings, mostly cousins, but it was like, the family stays the family, we're keeping our bloodline, let's go. And many other countries, it was coming from religious beliefs, it was centuries of only reproducing within families. But as science has advanced, thank the good Lord, we have learned how bad it is to reproduce with our relatives. And now that's why we're seeing so much less of it. It's not that people aren't still trying. And in some other countries, Because of the years of religious beliefs, it's really hard to break that pattern. And so it is a slower process, especially in the Middle East. There are a lot of traditions that are just hard to break. Mm. But it is happening because science just keeps coming out with more and more information telling us, hey, here's why you shouldn't do this. But the country that it is the most taboo in is the United States. We are the ones who recognize it as being bad the most. But with that said, it is somewhat legal In certain states. What? Yikes. While not widely practiced, first cousin marriage is legal in 19 states, Mm -hmm. and some first cousin marriages within certain conditions, like depending on age and uh, quality of life, are legal in seven states.
3: Gonna need to know those states.
1: Sexual relations and cohabitation are only prohibited in nine states, which is... Too few. What? Nobody really cares if you are living and sleeping with your relative, if you're not getting married. But also, there's really just not, there's not much you can do about that. If people are living together and doing things behind closed doors, that's, it's really hard to enforce. If they're not asking for a marriage license, there's only so much you can do. However, it still sounds insane that it's not prohibited in more places. Approximately 0.2% of all marriages in the United States are between second cousins or closer, which is a a very small percentage, but that means when you actually look at the number that there are 250,000 Americans that are oh, in incestual relationships. My god. Which is still just such a high too number. Many.
3: That's more than many. the witches that were murdered earlier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought that would be the most Holy mind-blowing shit. fact, but here we
0: go.
3: Yeah, are. but how many beaks do they have?
0: <laughs> yeah, how many beaks? How
1: many hearts?
3: Mm-hmm. I, don't
0: I don't know. I just feel like th- these laws, all they do, or you know, these the lack of laws, all it does is open people up to having abuse run yes. rampant. You know what I mean? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like, because mm-hmm. it is kind of a form of abuse. It is. Yes. Even if you it are, you know, is. of age.
1: I agree. It is just, it is giving these allowances to abuse and like horrible, horrible conditions for some unwilling people, which I, I just don't understand why things aren't more strict, but it is what it is. Maybe yeah. it's much harder to enforce than I can understand, but it it yeah, just maybe. all of it blows my mind. But
3: Didn't Rudy Giuliani marry his cousin for a minute there?
0: What? <laughs> Did he? Google that- it now. Would not surprise me. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. (laughs) Ashley, I'm (laughs) with you. But
1: yeah, please Google it, Isaac. I have to know.
3: From Vanity Fair, Rudy Giuliani's week has gone from bad to finding out you've been screwing your second cousin for 14 years. Shut up.
0: (gasps) Yeah. Okay. Well.
1: Okay. Well. You know, he gets worse and worse. Well. (laughs) Yikes.
3: Out of curiosity, have either of you heard of the phenomenon of. Uh, what's it like falling in love with a lost relative?
1: Oh, Isaac, I'm going to talk about oh, it. Oh, my God. Have we? Bring it on. <laughs> oh, have we? Before I finally shut up on this horrible darkness, as Isaac said, there is kind of this other angle of incest relationships that is interesting. And this is the story that I shared on Spark My Interest, which was. The inspiration for you know why I chose this topic so obviously go listen to their episode I'm going to tell a very summarized version of the story I told there there was a young girl named Katie Fusco who lived with her adopted parents and had a very blessed life in New York she turned 18 was about to go to art school follow her dreams start a new chapter she was very ambitious cheery great gal but as she's about to start this new chapter, she starts to think, well, I know I'm adopted. I've always wanted to find my biological parents. So through the power of social media, she was able to find her parents, Alyssa and Stephen Plato. They arranged a meetup, got along great. The meetup went so well. Everyone was happy. So when Katie returned home to New York, she tells her adoptive parents, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I want to move in with my biological parents in Virginia and postpone school for a bit. I want to get to know them better. Like, now is my time. Both parents were weary, of course, but wanted to let their 18-year-old daughter make her own decisions, so they let her do it. 18-year-old Katie moves in with Alyssa and Stephen And during this time, Alyssa, the wife, decides to leave Stephen due to marital problems they had already been having, and it had finally gotten the best of them, especially with Alyssa moving in and Alyssa and Stephen spending weird amounts of time together. So she leaves, but every time she comes around, she sees that Stephen is taking really good care of himself suddenly, styling his hair, he grew a beard, he lost some weight, he's dressing better, and on occasion, he is sleeping in his newly found biological daughter's bedroom on her floor. Claiming that they just fall asleep talking, getting to know each other, and it's innocent at first. But then Alyssa goes back to her house, now they're living separately, and they her and Steven have two biological daughters together that they ended up keeping. They just had Katie too young, got her up for put her up for adoption, but then later in life they had two daughters. So Alyssa discovers one of her daughter's journals, and there are all these details coming out from one of her daughters all written down saying that she's uncomfortable with the way Stephen and katie talk to each other um they're you know they're touching in inappropriate ways kissing and cuddling has been witnessed and steven has even asked the girls to call katie mom when they're in the house oh so Alyssa goes crazy calls her ex and he simply says yep you caught me me and katie have fallen in love and katie is actually pregnant with my child so Katie and Stephen have a baby together and then decide to get married because they lie on their paperwork and get a marriage license and move to North Carolina. They start their new life and they actually got away with it for a few months, even though Alyssa had complained to authorities multiple times. Nothing was able to be done, maybe because, you know, crossing state lines, whatever.
0: Well, I also think they probably looked at the age of consent and it just sure. wasn't high up wasn't on a- their priority list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they, had, they had She's other an adult. To
1: yep. Yep. They're going to do it. But finally, um, a tip had come in and they investigated in North Carolina and they finally intervened. They were called in for questioning and the couple was forced to separate and they could both live with shared custody of their son, but they had to be in different towns and not communicate. So once finally split up, Katie sort of has this reality check moment. She realizes that her biological father was indeed incredibly toxic. And this whole situation was not okay. So she asked Stephen not to contact her again. She got a restraining order. And there would be someone in place to deal with, you know, the custody of their son. But they would not be speaking anymore. So this angered Stephen to no end. He was still very in love with her and thought they would have this, like, forbidden secret relationship. He had this whole dream about it. So he snaps after this news from Katie. Shortly after their breakup, he has custody of his son. He has kind of a psychotic break, just completely snaps. He kills his son, leaves his body in his apartment for his mother to later find. She's now traumatized for life. Hops in his car, drives to New York, where he knew Katie would be with her adoptive parents, and found Katie and her dad sitting in his pickup truck about to leave, shot them both dead, and then turned the gun on himself. What? I know triple yeah, murder, wild. and suicide. I, I know. I, I can't believe the story is real. I imagine it'll be made into a movie one day because it's no. just insane. No. Oh, Or we don't want it. We don't want <laughs> <No>. it. Don't <laughs> it give somebody the,
3: the idea. Oh, my
1: but God. Right? Right? I read this for the first time, and that's why, honestly, I brought it to spark my interest. I know that it was dark and like probably not what anybody wanted to hear, but it's crazy.
0: They're, they're. I wanted, I want to know, like, they're dead now, so I can't ask mm-hmm. them, but I want to know why she felt an attraction to her father. And I want to know why he felt an attraction to his daughter.
1: Well, that's the thing. As gross and crazy as this story is, it is not. That insane for them to have fallen in love. Because when adopted children meet their biological parents as adults or meet their biological siblings for the first time as adults, there is something that can happen called GSA, genetic sexual attraction. Similar to any part of this topic of incest, it is not common. This doesn't happen a lot, but it it does happen. And psychologists are just now starting to learn more about it. Like in the last 10 years, this has been nothing that anybody studied in school. This is kind of new. Well, I
0: remember... In high school, in my biology class, they showed this this video and it was talking about cloning and it was talking about, you know, uh, cloning sheep, cloning dogs, cloning people. And they were talking about the theoretical problems with cloning yourself and or, you know, your partner cloning themselves or whatever. And I just Mm -hmm. remember this stood out to me. It was it was just so strange. They basically were like, imagine you and your husband, you get married, you fall in love, you get married, you have kids, you clone your children because it, I don't fucking know why. Why, why did they why? decide why did to they do, do yeah. this? I don't know. They clone their kids and they're like, what happens when, you know, the clone of your husband gets to the same age that you met your husband? Which is kind mm-hmm. of how you always imagine your husband. That's like right. your most vivid memories about them are when you first met, uh, especially like the sexual attraction. And it was like, would you be sexually attracted to your son? And I even remember this was Ugh. like I was like fourteen, just being like, excuse me, I feel like <laughs> there's more problems with cloning than whether or not I'd want to fuck my kid.
1: <laughs> we really need to talk about. Can this? we
0: talk about? <laughs>
3: I I, I, I just love remember that, that image. So much of all of the scientists spending all of this money and time and effort <laughs> trying to sort out cloning, and then one fucking dude comes in, and is like, "Yeah, but
0: <sighs> wouldn't you want to fuck your kid? What, what, what
3: if you want to put it in it?"
0: <laughs> and then everyone goes, "Kravis." Scientists are like, "Son of a bitch!" We god damn it!
3: <laughs> like no one's gonna do that, happen. right? And then looks around, and then you see everyone kind of being like.
0: I I can't say I wouldn't. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, a couple of yeah. us have used
3: a mirror while we've masturbated. I,
0: how is that different? I, that is so, so real. That is hilarious. I can't say I wouldn't. No, that so is. So I know exactly like, what you're talking about. That is about a perfect example. Yes. Thanks to my biology class when I was 14. <laughs> thanks, science. <laughs> Genetic sexual attraction. Yeah, GSA, which is,
1: again, just okay. kind of starting to come to the forefront and psychologists are trying to learn more about it so that they can be more helpful to their patients and people in these situations. But basically it is this strange phenomenon that happens to you when you meet someone so similar to you with a very clear connection that you can't explain, but you don't have the history. You don't have the the infancy and the developing years with them. You don't have the years of them taking care of you as a parental figure and mm-hmm. as this person who sort of had an authority over your life and was guiding you, you don't have all of those important developmental moments. You just feel a connection and you're sort of captivated by them. So your mm-hmm. brain tricks you and says, oh, well, I, this person is just... Love
0: connection. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like It has to be love. I need to be intimate with them. They feel the need for intimacy, but they don't have the boundary to say it needs to be the intimacy of a father or a mother. It's just mm-hmm. intimacy, love. Captivation. So it goes to a sexual place Mm -hmm. because you didn't have those growing years together. So, any one of us raised by our biological parents has this innate disconnect of sexual feelings for our family members because we grew up together, we had those developmental years together, and we have this natural disconnect that happens as you grow and as you learn because you're raised together it's just what happens humans are supposed to be built that way like that is built into us to have that disconnect but you do have to be present with the person Mm -hmm. so it doesn't happen if you are not raised with your biological family members your brain is just confused and overwhelmed takes the feelings of love feelings of you know being seen understood and it goes to that kind of forbidden place and that's when those relationships can happen so that is what happened with katie and steven that is what has happened to, uh, honestly, too many people. Like mothers and sons, siblings, hmm. half-siblings. Like, it, it's happened a lot. Again, still considered rare, but it's happened enough times where you're like, Jesus Christ, we have to do something about this. But yeah,
0: It's happened enough times that there are studies hmm. on it.
1: Exactly. Like, we're starting to right. research. We came up with a name for it, you know, all of it. So there And thank goodness there are several examples of people who have felt the sensation, didn't know what to do with it, but were able to have enough self-awareness to get themselves out of it. And they're kind of the other side of the group that has helped us learn more about this and that there can be a stopping point in self-control. Not that it's Mm -hmm. easy, but like people have been able to stop it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a woman I was reading about on an ABC News article. Her name is Julie Deneen. She went through this with her biological father. They both met as adults. She was married and had three kids, but her and her dad started having lunches together and hanging out and she felt that it was becoming flirtatious and there were sexual vibes and she got really uncomfortable. She went home, like, admitted everything to her husband, got herself in therapy and was able to work through it and was studying psychology at the time. So obviously that helped, but she was able to talk through it all and say, I'm not going to lie, I am sexually attracted to my father, but like, what is this and what do I do? So she Hmm. now after having gone through it and gone through enough therapy to overcome it is she has started support groups and special therapy sessions where she is now able to help people in her same situation. She's trying to get awareness out there, get the word out there, which is truly the most important because it just has been under the radar for so long. People don't know there are others like them and that there can be a solution. So Again, it's the same thing with the genetic testing that we're seeing in countries across the world. Like steps are being taken to stop incest relationships as much as they can. But I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do, especially when you live up in the mountains. But I, I don't know, I guess I, I have to find the hope in dark stories like these where I'm like, okay, there's people out there trying to help. The sexual attraction is real. You're not crazy if you feel it, if you were adopted, you know, like, it's okay but you can go to therapy and you can fix it. Hey to you people who were put into an arranged marriage with your cousin over in the Middle East, you can get genetic testing to make sure that your child has a will have a viable life that yeah. you know you can actually have a family together or you can decide to separate and marry someone outside of your family like we are finally getting that information out there and that's why science is amazing. But inbreeding sucks and that is my speech.
0: Well, alrighty then. <laughs> I think that, that we've uh, uh covered <laughs> enough a nice ground for something. that.
3: And and I will say <laughs> obviously that uh, uh what what was it? Um uh GSA is super rare the reason. It is. That I brought it up and asked if you had heard about it is though I can't go into any detail. Oops. I personally know somebody who this has happened to isaac what i know
1: whoa oh my god that's actually crazy
3: it is it it was bonkers when i got the call about it because i had sort of been following this person's story about you know reuniting with um uh with a genetic father but when i got the call from a mutual friend to say like yo do you know (laughs) i i just about dropped the phone when they explained to me everything that had just happened out of this and it is it boggles the mind however yes everything that you said the science does make sense in a weird way about it i unfortunately don't have a like an outcome to the story it's kind of a still ongoing thing anyway that's just a little something about me
0: Jeez, Louise! All right, well,
3: this has been fun.
0: Um, that's that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much, Isaac, for joining us. Yes,
3: of course! Woohoo! So glad that we could finally make this happen. I've been dying to do this. Me. Not maybe to, not to talk about, you know, incest and, you know, all that, but everything else, definitely. It, it was
0: still a blast talking to you and I, I, I loved hearing what you had to say about horror movies as a person who works mm-hmm. with horror movies. Uh, anytime. Are you Isaac, are you currently working
1: on a short? I
3: I am. I so I just moved with my fiance to a new apartment in North Hollywood, and I made the mistake of saying, Hey, you know what? I have access to an entirely empty apartment for a couple of days before we move furniture in. Why don't I just try and shoot something in those uh, four days? Uh, you know, which was a mistake considering <laughs> how busy we all are. True. Uh, but we, I, I, uh, I worked it out um, and that will be coming out um, at the end of this month.
0: Yay. Isaac, that is awesome. It's been a pleasure meeting you guys. Seriously, go check out Isaac's short films. They are truly terrifying. He's a true talent. Very exciting. You can follow Isaac on Instagram at IsaacJRuth, R-U-T-H, and we'll tag you and stuff so everyone knows where to find you. And then your website was Mm -hmm. IsaacRuth.com, or is there a J in there too?
3: IsaacJRuth.com.
0: Jay's right there make sure (laughs) make sure you're following us on Instagram as well at keep it Weirdcast. you can stay up to date on all of our antics and when we're releasing all of our bonus content you can get two bonus episodes a month plus a monthly newsletter plus discounts on merch by joining our Patreon your donations go towards us producing our show so you're essentially making sure that keep it weird keeps going on and on and on forever and ever just visit www.patreon.com keep it weird podcast and donate you can also grab yourself a t-shirt tank top hoodie tote bag button or even an iphone case by heading to www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch isaac what is our sign off this week
3: Oh my god. My, our, our sign off is me reminding everyone that actually the best incest movie <laughs> out there is The Lion King because Simba and Nala were minimum first Shut uh, half
0: siblings. That is so true. It's the circle of life. I think one thing we actually need at the end of this fucking episode is a, a big hakuna matata. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and, oh.
1: keep it and keep weird. It keep her weird. <laughs> you say check, check? Check,
0: check, check. Say check, check, check. check one, two. One, two.
1: Check, check, <laughs> one, two.
2: Take this one, too. I hear a song.
1: You hear a song?